0: following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. This morning, and beginning again in verse 42, John 12, beginning in verse 42, appreciate your prayers, as I've been struggling with some things, feeling not feeling too good in some areas, appreciate that, <clears throat> and we need to be... Oh, okay, bud. And <laughs> yeah, we need to be in prayer for one another, amen? John 12, and let's begin in verse 42 again. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And we're going to finish up this subject this morning, confession and a salvation confession and salvation let's pray father in heaven lord thank you for your goodness your mercy your grace that you've shown to us as your children and father what a blessing that we're not alone in this world striving to live for thee but father we live with thee by the grace and help of god daily and i pray father that you'd be with us today father as we seek to worship thee father help us to draw nigh to thee in thy word And, Father, give us what we need today from the Scripture. I pray, Father, again, for those who are not feeling well, that you'd raise them up, bring them back to us. And, Lord, I pray that you'd bless not only this time, but the service to follow. Have your way in our hearts and lives. I pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, confession and salvation. And we began a couple weeks ago talking about this subject. The Bible says in verse 42... Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him. Now, <clears throat> we talked about the fact, if you look with me to uh, John, 9, John 9, that there had been a decree already gone out uh, to the Jews concerning Christ. <clears throat> John 9, and... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, look, if you will to verse twenty, and his parents answered them and said, "We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind, but by what means he uh, seeth we know not, or or uh, who hath opened his eyes, we know not he is of age, ask him, he shall speak for himself. These words spake his parents uh, because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already uh, had agreed already that if any man did not confess that he was Christ, he should be put out." of the synagogue. So the decree has already gone forward and they're dealing with it, struggling with it in John 16 and 1. John 16 and 1. <clears throat> even our Lord Jesus Christ gave warning uh, to His uh, uh, his uh, disciples here in uh, John 16. These things, verse 1, have I spoken unto you that you should ha- shall not be offended. Uh, <clears throat> they shall put you out of the synagogue. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. And this kind of thing is even going on in our world today. There are those that are persecuted for the faith. Uh, They're being thrown out or cast out of their, oftentimes, their families, their jobs, their communities, and even being put to death uh, for Christ around the world. We think sometimes that we deal with persecution, and to some degree we do, but in measure, I think of what's going on, things that you and I don't see, we hear about but that are going on even as they were going on in Christ's day and shortly after his day. And, uh, <clears throat> and it's continued to go on. And as we talk, looking back to John 12, we begin to talk about, first of all, the confession of sin, as we talk about the fact that they supposedly did not confess, though they believed. Now, genuine faith brings with it a confession, first of sin, first of sin as we talked about the bible says so whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law for sin is the transgression of the law the bible says there's not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not the, even the best of god's people uh, cannot live a life without sin there's no such thing as sinless perfection in this life the bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of god god calls us if you will to confess look at me to proverbs 28 and 13, Proverbs 28 and 13, as we touch on these things in review. Proverbs 28 and 13. <clears throat> Here the Lord says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them, shall have mercy. So we see that God is for confession. And when he speaks of uh, confessing, he's talking about confession has with it the the element of faith in that we believe that we need to confess because we believe what God has said, that the fact is that we have sinned against God and repentance is, a, is a, a state of the mind and heart that God has brought us to, sh- having shown us our sin, our need of Christ, and by faith and repentance we turn from our sin to Christ and uh, confess Him, choose Him, call upon Him as our Lord and a Savior. If you will, look with me to Luke 18. Luke 18, <clears throat> the Lord gave a parable, as He said, unto certain which trusted themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Luke 18 and 9, <clears throat> the Bible says, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a Republican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. And it's interesting, as the Lord is giving a parable, he is using the religious leadership among the Jews as those that held themselves up as being righteous, not necessarily needing repentance, and uh, yet, uh, he pray, uh, stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. He says here, I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess. He, he, he's praying to God about himself. Now, you know, so do people pray that way? Probably. The Lord would not have given us a parable with this kind of thing if it was not going on. They have this attitude of this Spirit. And verse 13, And the public, in standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. What a humbling thing! For many of the Jews, particularly in leadership, to admit to themselves, and even openly, that they were sinners in need of a Savior, and that this Jesus, the cry, is the Christ, the Savior of the world. And, it, and you know what, folks, they wanted to bypass the fact that Christ first had to come and be the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Then we talked about the confession of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ here, again, looking back to... Uh, John 12 John 12 and <clears throat> verse 43 Nevertheless among the chief rulers also many believed on him but because of the Pharisees they did not uh, con- uh confess him now we're talking about the rulers of the Jews and what a what a thing that at least it says they believed on him does that mean they believed the saving of their souls Or do they believe as many do? Many people believe right things about the Lord. Many many people have many right opinions about God, but having right opinions and having right knowledge of God doesn't mean you're saved. There's a point in time where God has to show you uh, that these things apply to you personally. You are personally a sinner in need of a Savior and that Christ is the Lord and Savior. You need to believe on Him with all your hearts. Amen? If you will, in uh, John 10... And to verse eight, John excuse me, Romans 10 and verse eight, Romans 10. And verse eight, we don't come to this knowledge on our own. It's not about how smart we are, or even how much we read the Bible. The Bible's the instrument through which God works. The Bible says, "Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but this is a work of God in the heart in Romans 10 and eight. But what saith that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness... And with the mouth, confession is is made unto salvation. It's almost like as we see in the parable, God, be merciful uh, to me, a sinner. We confess to God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And then the Bible says, for whosoever, look with me, if you will, to verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved after God has shown us our condition, shown us the remedy for our condition, the goodness of God that leadeth us to repentance, then we have the option, the the choice to make ourselves as to whether we will believe God and uh, choose Him, take Him as our Lord and Savior. John 6. John 6. And looking at verse 66. John 6 and 66. From that time, John 6, beginning in 66... From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said, Jesus, unto the twelve, will you also go away? And I like Simon Peter's answer. Now, you know, often Peter was a spokesman for the rest of them. He was the one that was often out front, mouth open, saying, hey, let's go. And so he, he speaks up here. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? He's speaking for all of them. Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is the devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve, even at one time maybe Judas. We don't see, you know what's interesting about Judas, he was laid back. Seem to be always in the background, never out in the forefront, never seeming to be a leader in any way, shape, or form concerning the things of Christ. Never ready and willing to confess Him as the Lord. Even though Peter seems to be speaking for all of them, Christ spoke of uh, Judas as being a devil among them because he had not uh, confessed, made confession unto salvation. We talked about the reasons, looking back to uh, John 12. John 12 and verse 43 verse 42 again John 12 and verse 42 <clears throat> Nevertheless among the chief rulers also many believed on him but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue Now <clears throat> what we're finding here is one of the reasons that they refused to confess him though they maybe in their mind and heart believed that he was the Christ, it was because of the fear of man that they did not confess him. In Proverbs 29 and 25, look with me there, Proverbs 29 and 25. And Let me say this, folks, every one of us at times struggle with fear, including myself. There have been times I've been in certain situations that I've been afraid to speak up for the Lord as I ought. Say, even you, preacher, yeah, there have been times when I haven't. There have been times when I maybe should have kept my mouth shut. I don't know. But uh, the reality is, is that every one of us, to to some measure or degree, may struggle with the fear of man. The Bible says here in Proverbs 29 and 25, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Now, you you know what fear does? It paralyzes us sometimes. You ever been in a situation and you were felt almost paralyzed? It's like you couldn't go forward, you couldn't go backwards, you just couldn't seem to do anything. And you were paralyzed by fear. And that's not an uncommon thing for people to deal with. And sometimes even Christians are paralyzed by fear and not able to speak up for the Lord. But especially among these Jews, that Christ said we find that the Bible teaches us that they believed. There was within them a a, a fear that kept their mouths closed and caused them not to be able to speak. In Matthew 10 and 28, Matthew 10 and 28, our Lord Jesus Christ gave instruction to his disciples concerning the matter of fear and the fear of man. Matthew 10, and looking at verse 28 here the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching says and fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body and hell are not two two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father but the very hairs of your head are all numbered Fear, fear ye not therefore for a year of more value than many sparrows he's saying listen I value you you're special to me, you're, you're of, uh, of great value and care, I have a great value and care for you. And even if they kill the body, they can't destroy the soul. You're going to be with the Lord in heaven, you say, well, uh, should we be anxious and ready to, to go and die? Well, if we have to. But don't imagine for a moment that there might not be some fear in your heart as you approach that kind of confrontation. You know, do you think that that all who've gone before and suffered for the cause of Christ never had to deal with fear? (laughs) Listen, there's no such thing as super saint that puts on a super suit and becomes a superhero. Amen? If we are able to stand for the grace of God, if we are able to stand for Christ, we do it by the grace of Christ, not because we're super saint. To the glory and honor of Christ. Amen. If you will. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Looking at verse 26. <clears throat> Paul, Paul writes here. For you see your calling brethren. And he's writing to the church at Corinth. Who were Greek believers. People got saved out of the, the Greek uh, polytheism. And these, the Greeks were, uh, were often puffed up about their knowledge, what they imagined that they knew about themselves and about the world and all this other stuff. Well, they got saved by the grace of God, and the, the Lord, through Paul, was trying to uh, bring them down to earth, remind them of who and what, uh, what we are. In 1 Corinthians 1 and 26, Paul writes here, "'For you see your calling, brethren, "'how that not many wise men after the flesh, "'not many mighty, not many noble, are called.'" It's not that he doesn't call some wise and noble and what have you. We've talked about the average Christian here. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are not, are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence." But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. To God be the glory great things he hath done, even in us being able to overcome fear and speak up uh, for the Lord. But these Jews that Christ was dealing with, uh, they were struggling with a fear that caused them to say, you know, it's just not worth it at all. Okay, I, I think this is true about uh, Jesus, that maybe he is the Christ. But you know what? They're th- they're, what faith they may have had may have only been skin deep. Didn't go any further than the skin. Only the surface. And it's sad when that is uh, the case. So we talked about, if you will, the fear of man. And then this, this morning as we wind it up here, as we're talking about confession and salvation in John 12... And of verse 42 and 43 again. John 12, verses 42 and 43. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. And before we read that passage, the next passage, look with me to John 7 and 43. John 7 and 43. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, So there was a division among the people because of him, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands in him. Then came the officers of the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto him, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never man spake like this man. Then answered them the Pharisees, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? Well, we, the Bible says in John 12, It seemed to be some did. <clears throat> But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. Nicodemus saith unto him, he that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, being, he was one of the Sanhedrin among the rulers of the Jews, but he was also a Christian. He had come to Christ by night, had been born again by the Spirit of God, having been instructed by our Lord. And he says, he is, if, if you will, saith unto them, uh, uh, Doth our law judge any man before it hear him, and know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look. For out of Galilee ariseth no prophet, and every man went unto his own house. We find here Nicodemus speaking up. Even if it was in a timid manner, he was speaking up for Christ in effect confessing that Jesus is the Christ. Even though it seemed to be in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, a modest way, we know later on that, that Joseph of Arimathea is spoken of as being a secret Uh, disciple, John 19 and 38, John 19 and 38. So it is that there are some and were some that did truly believe in John 19 and uh, verse 38. Actually, yeah, verse 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, for what? For fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus And Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes at about a hundred weight and so forth. So we see Nicodemus and uh, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, people that were of prominence, people that had, if you will, rank and whatever, and yet in their own manner, in their own way, confessed genuine faith in the Lord. But if you will, John 12 again. John 12, again, we talked about the fear of men being, if you will, a reason a, in a struggle for some that profess to believe not to confess. And then in verse 43, for they loved, the Bible says here, they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now, the praise of men speaks of the fact that they love the approval of man above the love, acceptance, and approval of God. You know, it's a sad thing. And let me say this. Humanly speaking, every human being, everyone in this room, may to some degree themselves not only deal with the fear of man, but also struggle with approval. Approval, if you will, or acceptance, or somehow validation before men. And it may cause us to struggle with speaking out for the Lord, because you know what, folks? How many of you love to be the uh, the back end of someone's disapproval or, or rejection? Who likes that? Nobody. Some to lesser. Uh, uh, some people are just plain old bullheaded and just don't care. But on the whole, even even some of them may have somewhere. And in some measure, a struggle with with seeking to be approved of men, seeking the approval of men. We all struggle with it. I have. And uh, you, you say you struggle with everything. Amen. <laughs> I'm human. You say, Wow, what a human. Yeah. <clears throat> but the reality is, is that we struggle with these things. Approval. They love the approval of man above the love, acceptance, and approval of God. Folks, that that should rank highest in our hearts and lives, and yet even genuine Christians may struggle with this. Look at me John five and forty one. John five and forty one. <clears throat> Here Christ said this I receive not honor from men, but I know you that ye have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. if another shall come in His own name, him ye will receive. How can ye believe which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Now he's addressing their faith and maybe even a profession of their believing and, and believing in God as God is their Father. Remember the ones that often he'd struggled with and found himself in confrontation with was religious leadership among the Jews, and it's sad to say that many of the Jews were following that leadership to their own destruction. And folks, because of the praise of men, they sought to follow men as opposed to God. Look at me to Romans chapter one, beginning in verse 16. <clears throat> Here, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them For God has showed it unto them, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Folks, God is a witness of Himself in the creation of the world, in the world itself, and then in the Scripture, and by the Spirit of God, and He's addressing that, And then, if you will, so that they are without excuse, verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of, uh, of the uncorruptible God into an image, made like and a corruptible man and to birds and a four-footed beast, and creeping things. He's talking about their idolatry. Wherefore God also gave them up unto uh, up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to the sign of their own bodies between themselves. And he's talking about, again, still idolatry. And he's talking about the immorality born out of the worship of man over the worship of God, if you will, who changed, verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and serve the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. What we're talking about, loving the praise of men more than the praise of God, is that we're worshiping men, we're even to the point of almost becoming a form of idolatry, holding men and what they approve of, what they think to be right, above what God Himself has said is right, and the very person of God. In the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, when we, when we uh, cry out to God in salvation, we make confession unto Him in salvation. We're taking Him as our Lord. We're seeking to worship God in truth. Amen? And not uh, follow idolatry. <clears throat> Sometimes we make, uh, we make men and their approval, if we, we make them, if we're not careful, we make them an idol in our lives. You know, folks, we should never do something simply uh, because a man says to. Now, be sure of this. It's important that we follow what God has said. These are not the words of men. And if a man stands in a pulpit and says, listen, this is what God says, ultimately our goal is to follow the Lord. Paul said, uh, be followers of me, even as I am also of Christ. If If the preacher's not following Christ, then don't follow him because he's probably not following the word of God. But if he is seek to follow him and you know you you can say but but he's not perfect neither are you none of us are perfect but if we're striving with all of our heart to do the best we can to follow the lord then follow those who follow him but be careful but be careful of the idolatry of uh, getting to a place where we worship men and their approval above worshiping God and His approval, His love, and His acceptance. Sometimes, if preachers aren't careful, we make what we think, we make our person a subject or an object of worship, and we, and we draw worship and attention away from the Lord. And that should never be. We should always and altogether, even myself, Worship the Lord, seek for His praise, His approval, His acceptance, His love. Amen. You know, men are fickle and men fail, but God is always the same and He never fails us. Matthew 6 and 24. And the problem is, is that these Jews that the Bible says believed, most of them maybe didn't really believe under the saving of their souls. In Matthew 6 and 24, Jesus said this, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You know, folks, God wants to be the only God in our lives. The only God. And yet sometimes we'll let other things, sometimes wealth, position, approval, whatever, become, if you will, that that thing or those people uh, whom we worship over even and above the Lord. Matthew 10, Matthew 10 and uh, 35 to verse 40. Here again our Lord Jesus Christ giving instruction to his people said this, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foe shall be they of his own household. Now, you know, that's a hard pill to swallow. That means that there are times when uh, family won't agree and uh, sometimes for good reason. And let me say this, God said in Matthew 5, blessed are the peacemakers. But there are times when the Bible says, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Sometimes we can't live peaceably, even sometimes with those that profess to know the Lord. And these that the Bible says believed uh, in, uh, in uh, John chapter 12, you know what? They didn't confess Him. and uh, They loved the praise of men more than the praise of God, which gives us question as to whether they're truly saved or not. He goes on to say in verse 36, Verse 37, he that loveth father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He's not saying don't love your family. But let's be careful that we don't worship our family and and have their approval and their love at the heart of what we do. And our worship. Let us not worship our families above God. Because what if our family goes contrary to God? Do we give up on God and walk away from God and follow family? And let me say family is important, but it's not more important than God. We want them to be saved. God wants them to be saved. We pray that that they be saved. But folks, if they won't be and if they won't go God's way, we can't follow them. We can't worship them. We can't confess in our own hearts that we believe that they're of more value than the Lord. And their way of more more value than God's way. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. And verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truce breakers false accusers incontinent fierce despisers of those that are good traitors heady high-minded lovers of pleasures more than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. He talks about traitors. He talks about uh, those that are um, um, truth breakers and what have you. You know, folks, are traitors. And let me say this. Our first allegiance is not to the United States of America as a Christian. It's to Christ and God's Word. Our first allegiance and fidelity and faithfulness is not to any other relationship in this life, including husband-wife relationships and what have you, and whatever, above Christ. Family relationships above Christ. And you know, <clears throat> Judas was a traitor to Christ. And let me say this. I'm not saying that we shouldn't strive to obey the Word of God and, and husbands, loving their, or husbands loving their wives, wives loving their husbands, and so forth. We ought to, to be faithful to God is to do so, but never above. Never above the Lord. And let me say this, you know, I've 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 been in situations where sometimes leadership imagines that being faithful to God is always being faithful to them. And that's not always the case. Because sometimes they they seek to be worshiped themselves rather than seeking to help have people and teach people to worship God as they must do. You know, my first allegiance should always be to Christ and the worship of the Lord. And I should seek to lead by example in that, in that sense. Never worship a man or anyone above God. Your first fidelity, if you will, or faithfulness is to the Lord. Amen? And not to people. Now, in the course of doing these things, we will be showing care and love and devotion toward other people, but never above God. 1 John 2 and 15. The Bible says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all there's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. And the world passeth away, and and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth ever. And he talks about the pride of life. And this is where we we get into the problem these folks are really dealing with. Sometimes it's an issue of pride. And the fact that they themselves want to be worshipped, they themselves remembering that uh, the Jews delivered Christ to be crucified for envy. Amen? For envy because suddenly the the crowds were not following them and they were following this carpenter's son, the son of Mary and Joseph, or at least they believed him to be the son of Joseph. There was pride going on. The Bible says pride causes contention. Matthew 6 and 1. Matthew 6 and 1. And pride, if not checked, by God, leads to hypocrisy. In Matthew six and one, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them; otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, and he's writing to Christians. But he's going to use some examples. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues. Uh Uh-oh. In the synagogues. In the synagogues. What about in the church? And in the streets, so that they may have glory of men. For I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret. Thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray unto thy Father which is in secret, that thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee open. And I see saying that you have to find a closet big enough, you can climb inside and pray just so that no one sees you doing it now. He's talking about, listen, don't do what you do to draw attention to yourself. Don't serve so people will see. Serve even when people don't see. And the only one who sees is the Lord. Be sure this God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. Amen. Because he sees it. He sees it like sometimes uh, no other folks should. Matthew 23 and 1. Matthew 23 and 1. We're talking about confession and salvation. Matthew 23 and 1. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. Now he's talking about doing after what's true and right in the law of God in the word of God. But he says there, but do ye not after their works for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move one of them with their fingers. But all their works they do for to be seen of men, they make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the upper roo- uh, uppermost rooms at feast of the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets. <clears throat> and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi, but be ye not called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all your brethren. <clears throat> and call no man a father upon the earth. For one is your father which is in heaven. and includes the pope. He is not the holy father. Neither are the priests to be called father. That, that is a name, if you will, uh, belonging to God. He says, "Oh, okay, is it wrong to call my dad father? We know what he's talking about. Okay. Now, I know my children at home, they worship. They, they said, Oh, Father, what wilt thou have me to do? Wrong. <laughs> I'm sure there were times when they wanted to call me other names. Amen. <clears throat> it says in verse 8, But be ye not uh, called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all your brethren. And call no man father upon you, for there is one father which is in heaven. Neither be called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you, let him be your servant. And whosoever shall be exu- whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. The problem that Jesus dealt with with the Jews is that they found it too humbling. Well, you know, I, I believe that maybe this Jesus is the Christ, but they didn't believe it with their heart; they believed it with their head, convinced there rather than the other. And Luke sixteen, verses fourteen and fifteen, Luke sixteen verses 14 and 15. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, And the Pharisees also, who were covetous, heard <clears throat> all these things, and they derided him. And they said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. See, there was a problem and christ is addressing the problem if you will in first thessalonians 2 first thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1 first thessalonians 2 and 1 here paul writes for yourselves brethren know our entrance in unto you that it was not in vain but even after that ye had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our, our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God which tryeth our heart. For neither at any time use we flattering words, as ye you know, nor cloak of covetousness, God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. He's, he's dealing with, if you will, the idea that um, they were not striving to please men, but rather uh, to please the Lord, and they didn't seek the glory of men. And sometimes uh, when, you, when you try to do the right thing, you clash with the approval of men. If you will, <clears throat> Luke 19 and 12, Luke 19 and 12. <clears throat> and uh, said, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself, verse 12, a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a messenger after him, saying, "We will not have this man to reign over us." And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then uh, he commanded these servants to be called unto him, and to whom he had given the money, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, "Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds." And he said unto them, "Well, thou good and uh, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a few, very a little." Uh, have thou authority over tens He's talking about the, if you will, the appraise and approval of God. And let me say say something, folks. When we stand before the Lord, it's gonna matter. It's gonna matter then and it needs to matter now. Second Corinthians 10 and verse 17, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 17 and 18. Second Corinthians 10, 17 and 18. The Bible says, But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Amen. You know, we need to seek the, the commendation, approval, acceptance of God above that of men. Listen, let us not worship men, let it, but let us worship, if you will, the Lord. And let's pray and we'll uh, start our second service shortly. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.